What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Fan Culture. Ninth episode now. Just me and Carl here today. How's it going, Carl? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. You feeling good? I'm feeling well, good, dog. We, we missed you on the last episode, so we're glad to have you back. Unfortunately, Sakani and Brandon are out this episode, but we still got some good stuff to get into. Obviously, NBA Finals still going on. Game three is underway right now. The Raptors are up eight at the half, so we may be kind of chiming in there and giving you guys some updated commentary as we go so first things first let's talk about the nba finals and kind of your takeaways from it right now tied 1-1 in the series right now carl what's your biggest takeaway from the series i feel like we aren't being let down it's been a competitive series so far you were right in regards to how you felt about drake being in the finals and entertainment value that he's actually been added that I didn't believe he was going to be able to bring, or at least for me personally, you know, musically, I even watch him in acting, but just as a fan, it's just something I really didn't care about, but yeah. it has added something, a little rivalry that he's developing with the players. And it's a little weird because you know how much of a fan and friends they are, you know, with him literally having like Jersey numbers tatted and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I think Katie and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how many songs has he mentioned them and things like that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. light, you know, still not disrespectful, you know, see you in the Bay Aubrey. Like that was right. funny. <laughs> you know, that was nice. So, you know, I've, I've been entertained by the game, by the things that's transpiring off the court. You know him and Draymond Green are gonna fight, but you know you see him arguing over a basketball game. It's just funny to watch, but yeah. it's been good so far. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. A little disappointed in the ratings, so I wish more people would give it a chance. It's so weird that going in, you know, before Game One even started, I don't know why everyone was leaning so heavily on the Warriors winning. People mm-hmm. are acting like you know the Raptors are just a terrible team, mind you. These past, or at least the last Cavs team had nothing on this Raptors team. So this isn't the worst team that the Warriors have played during their title run. Not at all. You know, this is probably, honestly, it's probably the second best team. The other team being, you know, the team that obviously won the championship against the Warriors that right. came back from the 3-1 deficit. But you can make the the argument that the Raptors are the second best team of those years Yeah. in definitely. terms of, you know, competition. So. I just don't get why people sleep on the Raptors like that. I understand they're not the sexy pick. You know, people wanted to see the Bucks and Giannis make it to mm-hmm. the finals, but it just didn't play out that way. Uh, you would think that we'd all be happy that the better team made it to the finals to try to dethrone the Warriors, and they have a legitimate chance to do so. So injuries and everything have been frustrating, you know, just to watch from a fan's perspective, like even in game three, you know, mm-hmm. play not playing. KD, we still don't know what's going on there. Everyone's hobbled. But that's kind of how it goes at the finals, too. If you're not hurt, you probably weren't playing, you know, throughout the season. Right, right, right. You know, honestly, I wonder if Katie's absence may play a part in the lack of interest Mm -hmm. from the general public. Uh, Sometimes I do question whether it was Milwaukee not being there, whether people would care, because at the end of the day, it's Milwaukee. Right. I don't know what their national numbers were really like during the regular season. Yes, Giannis is an MVP candidate but do enough people really care about him in america to really get those numbers up that's something i was also thinking about or is it really just the lebron james factor i mean he does bring something people want to watch him win people want to watch him lose people just want to watch the rivalry you know he is a um, entertaining basketball player he's not someone that just plays the game in a boring manner so there are a couple of different things to look at there but Personally, I've liked it. I just wish other people, as I stated, would give it a chance because 
Toronto isn't a bad team. I don't feel like they're born. I'm, you know, they're defensive. They're tough. They're scrappy. They play defense. They mm-hmm. score as well. You have a guy like Kawhi that you can watch do amazing things on the court. They have guys that can hit big shots. So, you know, they have notable names. Uh, so yeah. I'm really not getting it. But, you know, it's just kind of sad. When you think about this series, obviously a lot of players are hobbled or out. You know, Katie being one of those that's out. Boogie trying to shift his way back into playing. Clay being out now in game three. Even on the Raptors side, you have Kyle Lowry practically playing with the cast, you know, on his left hand, right. you know, to deal with his thumb. Kawhi, you know, limping around. So regardless of who wins this championship, do you put an asterisk on this championship because, hey, the other team was hobbled or they had players that were out? I'm going to say no. It's a part of the game. Nobody put an asterisk next to the Warriors when they beat Cleveland the first year. Yeah. Kyrie not there. Kevin Love not there. We just look at it and add it to their greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, some people may look at it weird. It may be brought up, but I don't think it's brought up to the point to where you look at it with as much criticism as you may look at like a Barry Bonds career or a Mark McGuire, the way some people like, or not even some people like that may be a great comparison there. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice came out and said that he wore stick on his hands. Nobody said, oh, well, he's the ninth greatest wide receiver of all time now. You know, it's just kind of like something that we look past. So, no, I, I especially if the Warriors win. If the Warriors win, it might actually be a little too impressive to look at. Oh, well, Kyle Lowry got the cast on his hand. Kawhi Leonard was limping. Y'all were on the court. So it is what it is. So if the Warriors win, it'll actually be a little more impressive that they did it with so many games without Kevin Durant or even without Kevin Durant if he doesn't play at all. If Toronto wins, I feel like Warriors fans may always try to bring that up, but I don't think it's enough Warriors fans to really carry that narrative to a point to where us who are not warrior fans are gonna care like nah that right. y'all y'all came i think if anything we're gonna use the cleveland series like well you did win the first one yeah so them beating y'all without kd like and y'all won a championship without kd with that team so maybe that team just wasn't that good yeah and i think you made a very good point there because let's be real about 60 percent of those warriors fans will be lakers fans next mm-hmm. year because they're really just riding the bandwagon. So Definitely. there are some true Warriors fans out there, but I think most people truly won't care or won't really cut them that much slack. You know, uh-huh. you had players on the court. You know, you're still a dynasty. All dynasties come to an end. You know what I mean? Right. It's happened to every single dynasty in the history of the league. Right. You think about how many people only like them because of them being a dynasty now. Like yeah. I, my mom said something one day, like, ooh, me and Steph Curry or the Warriors, us, <laughs> like, kind of like, when right. you become a fan, what exactly. you mean? You don't exactly. remember Baron Davis playing don't, over there. Don't know around TMC, you know, nothing like that. You don't, you don't know anything about their down years. You know, Monte Ellis, you know, leading the franchise. Not at all. It's a, it's a, lot, of, it's a lot of fake love. And I know my mom's kind of the same way. Uh, Cause she'll just support California, and yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people say that. Well, it's California. I don't care. No, like, no, I don't root for it. Ain't, it ain't my, I wanted Boston to win in the right. championships because even if they win, team. I'm not going to the parade. It's no. not my team. I'm not rooting no. for the team. It does no good for me or us as a state. No. So I'm like, nah, my I'm with my team and my team only. I own one piece of Warriors, like merchandise yeah and it's some basketball shorts and i only bought them because it had 
it doesn't just say Warriors. It has Kevin Durant's number. It mm. has Kevin Durant's name. And I bought them from Ross for like $12. So I <laughs> <laughs> like, you got an NBA logo with the Warriors logo, Kevin Durant number, Kevin Durant name, and they're nice shorts, and they're only $12. That's the only reason why that, I got them. That so is no, a steal I'm for $12. That's Ross, what I'm saying. So. I'm not a Warriors fan. No, I'm yeah. not going to bring that up if they lose. Like, oh, y'all only lost because I don't care. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not even rooting for anybody in this finals. Yeah. I mean, Sacramento Kings fan, man. Yeah. And no purple out there. It's just pink. <laughs> I mean, I, I did make the prediction that the Raptors will, will win the series. And I said that they would win in six if KD doesn't play at all. Mm -hmm. And I said in seven if KD does play. So not necessarily that I'm rooting for them, but I want to see if my prediction is right. You know, just so I can say, right. you know, I'm a basketball genius. And that's why you guys need wow. to listen to my takes. But well, I was the one who did call Toronto coming out the East before the playoffs started. Yeah, you did. You did. So, so you're you're right there. But I mean, there were really only two teams. False. There were there were two teams that were threats. There were four. They were threats. There were four. There were probably two that you thought were a threat to the Warriors but there were four teams that could have come out the East there were there were two teams that were more so and it was the teams in the Eastern Conference Finals that were more so of the surefire bets Philly was a wild card it kind of went based on their seeding so everyone thought Milwaukee would potentially be a shoo-in them being the number one seed Toronto being second Philly third Boston we were just waiting on them to click and yes. it just never clicked so that's what we were relying on. It was it was a caveat with Boston. It's but like we Boston have, if they're playing at the level right. that they're capable of, which was a big if. But that's the thing. The fact that we had cases for four teams. I could see Philly. Mm -hmm. I could see Boston. But I could see Toronto. And I also could see Milwaukee. So I know we talked about on the last episode these finals are also intriguing, I think, for true hoops fans because they realize that the result of the finals and also who plays in the finals yeah. could change the scope of the NBA for the next, you know, five years. Yeah. You know, you, you can make the argument if the Warriors win without KD, you could say KD has to leave. KD has to go somewhere else and play because they've proven that they, quote unquote, don't need him. But if he comes back, let's say if he comes back and they're down two games to one and then they win you know, win the series, then you could say, well, KD proved his point that they need him. And therefore he either stays or leaves and he leaves with a good conscience and doesn't feel forced. He makes a decision that he wants. Right. He could not play and they still win. You know, he has to go. Um, he could not play. They lose and then say, hey, you guys need me. Let's come back next year and go win it again. And what if he plays and they lose? If he plays and they lose, I think he could stay. I think if he stays, I think if he plays and they lose, you got to go. Because does that mean that he was the problem and he's why they didn't win the championship? In no, your mind? it's because we've reached our peak. Mm. And I think it's just time that I go try to do something else by myself. We had three great years. We won two of them. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. But I'm just gonna go try this somewhere else. Katie is just so. And I'll see y'all in the finals next year because I'm going to the East because there's no point in you going to the West. Oh yeah, it will be done for him to go to the West unless some situation with him and Kawhi and in the, with the Clippers. With the Clippers, if yeah. him and Kawhi can go to the Clippers, that's gonna be nasty. 
Oh yeah, that 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 would be. Very I want to nice. see who else they fill out that team with. Yeah, that would be very nice. But honestly, him, Kyrie, and AD in New York, it would be very very tricky to do, and you have to do everything at a very specific time. Yeah, you have to trade at this for this person at the right time. You have to sign these people at the right time in order for that money to work. I think Kyrie would find some way to mess it up. Well, reports have already coming out that. Kyrie prefers Brooklyn. Yes, I've been seeing that. Knicks. But I was just saying, like for yeah. for a KD scenario, you know, oh yeah, him, yeah, him with the Clippers, I think would be dope if Kawhi is there alongside. If he does go to New York, and just what was talked about a little more was the Kyrie and AD uh, pair up or matchup or whatever. But yeah, I think Kyrie would mess that up if he were there as well. But. I don't think it would be bad if you go and and they can get a trade for AD. I think you only go if you know they can get AD. Because mm-hmm. if you're just going to go over there to play with Frank Knucklehead and Kevin Knox. <laughs> you saw what happened, to, you saw what happened to LeBron this year. I mean, Why LeBron went over by himself. And, you know, knowing that they were going to get a second and star that never showed up. And their better than New York. Yeah, oh, yeah. Much better. That's much better. worse. And you can make the argument, yeah, that team would probably make the playoffs just because the East isn't from top to bottom. They don't have that much depth, but the top four is strong. It's it's a stronger top four than it is even in the West. How does that limit KD's options? Because you think about it. Anthony Davis is not guaranteed to be traded to New York. Kyrie, per reports, prefers Brooklyn. So you can possibly not play with him. You don't know where Jimmy Butler's going, but you know that per reports, Philly's going to offer him the max. Yeah. Kimball Walker can now get a super max with the Hornets. So he's most likely going to stay for that extra $80 million or whatever. Mm -hmm. If Kawhi stays in Toronto, because per reports, he just bought a house in Toronto. Yeah. If you're Kevin Durant, are you going to do what LeBron James did and go to the Los Angeles Clippers by yourself and play with Pat Beverly, right. Danilo Gallinari, uh, Gallinari, Montrez, Harrell, yeah. and Shamit? And Lou. Are you finna go over there and play with Zubat? You finna go to New York and play with Frank Nickelback and Dennis <laughs> Smith Jr. and Mitchell Robinson and DeAndre Jordan's a free agent. You don't know if he's coming back. Like, where does... Kevin Durant go yeah. if everybody let's say everybody stays yeah. let's say they actually talk Anthony Davis into staying or they trade him to the Lakers mm-hmm. or they trade him to Boston and Kyrie stays in Boston Yeah, do you try to make your way to Boston like nah y'all better take Gordon Hayward yeah I think I think the point that you made is very good because the timing can change everything let's say if the Lakers are able to pull the trigger on a trade for 80 before free agency starts. Let's mm-hmm. say they do it a draft day trade or something along the lines of that. Cause I'm assuming they would do a draft day trade. They trade that number four pick, right. you know, and some assets uh, right. over to the Hornet or not the Hornets, the Pelicans. But if they can get that pair solidified before free agency of LeBron and 80, the Lakers now become that bandwagon team to sign with. You know what I mean? Right. Now, all of a sudden, people want to take less money to go to L.A. Uh, it's kind of just what happens. Uh, same thing that happened with the Heat. You know, once the Heat got their big three for the next you know, few years, it was, oh, I want to go to Miami, Miami, Miami. I think you could see that same thing happening in L.A. And then all of a sudden, 
New York doesn't look very desirable as a destination because that's not the building of a next super team. That's that's in L.A. So what can I do to get my way over to L.A.? And if you follow LeBron to L.A., they are going to look at you worse than they did when you went to the Warriors to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the Lakers are off the table for him. That's the Clippers so are much scary. more realistic than. But if he goes to the Lakers, that yeah. could be, you know, crazy. You go to the Clippers. Pat Beverly is going to say something along the lines of, we made it to the playoffs without you, <laughs> which is going to be very reminiscent of Draymond Green yeah. on that bench. We won two games with you on the opposing team. Exactly. We beat y'all two times, one time in Oakland. Yeah. And you was on the court when we beat you. Like, that 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 conversation is going to be had at some point. So don't talk to me about what I can. Don't 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 you tell me I can't shoot. Yeah. We beat y'all with me shooting. Don't <laughs> t- like how do you that, like, where do you go? That could be interesting, but then at the same time, do you try to go to Charlotte. <laughs> but then who who's to say if let's say if KE does say, "Okay, I'm going to go to the Clippers." There are other teams or other players that are under contract right now, their potential trade pieces. Could they try to swing a trade for Bradley Beal? Could they try to not necessarily blow up that team, but more so build a super team, keep maybe three players from that core being a Patrick Beverly, a Danilo, a Danilo Gallinari, and I, I don't know, Lou Williams. Go. One of them will probably have one to go to make contracts and stuff go. match up too. But I mean, you could make the argument, well, let's just go pair him up with someone else. You know, now that LA, the Clippers are already a fairly desirable place to mm-hmm. land because of, you know, organizational structure, but organizational so structure you, with KD but that but that's why i kind of asked like who would you try to go after then if i'm the clippers in that situation yes KD coming but he's saying you gotta attract somebody else first who are you going after could they get ad 80 80 wants to be in la enough though. he wants to be in la it's not necessarily he wants to be with the lakers that's what i keep on hearing he wants to be in la i have heard that as well but then i'm just but that's the thing who do you trade who does who do the Pelicans accept for Anthony Davis from the Clippers? Do they take a young Shea Gilgis Alexander? You know, do they, I don't know what draft capital the Clippers have. I don't know if they own anyone else's picks over the next few years. Some mm-hmm. that may be a little higher than others. Um, you know, landing that trade with Charlotte, I don't know, you know, kind of what they acquire from that draft day trade to even get Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, I feel Alexander. like I can get better from other teams. But I also think that. People are loving how competitive the Clippers were and, oh, they traded an an all-star caliber player in Tobias Harris and they still made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But don't act like this team, if they kept this team together, they're going to be top four in the West next year because they're not. They're just just simply not that good enough. They do need someone or some people to take them to the next level. So, you know, they may not make it to the playoffs because Tobias helped them reach – playoff number of wins exactly like he helped you get in the playoffs yeah and the team remaining was able to sustain a level of consistency Mm -hmm. while you saw over those last couple of games the lakers lost more than they won the kings lost more than they won 
uh, it was another team kind of um, within that Timberwolves mix were yeah. somewhat in the mix somewhat you know but majority of the other other teams in a the race they just lost more than they won and right. y'all just were y'all were good enough to stay there exactly you yeah. so you next ra- year you rally a whole year you're not going exactly you rallied together for what 25 games because mm-hmm. really after the all-star break it's about 25 games right so that you rallied long enough for 25 games to continue to make the playoffs so great great job you know great job doc great job to the clippers players but you're not winning a chip. You're not competing for a championship anytime soon with that team. Are you with Kevin Durant? Because I feel like wherever he goes, if he's not competing for a championship, you went there for no reason. Yeah. And that's why I'm hesitant on him going there because I feel like there's no guarantee that they'll make another move to bring someone else in. They could make moves, but I just don't know if they will. I don't know. What's your new identity with the KD with KD on your team? I mean, do you try to grab Chris Middleton? But it's like, yeah, that's why that's why I'm trying to really question: Who do you go after in that situation? I think I think they're better off. They're probably better off trading for someone the caliber of AD if they can do it. You try to they, get Eric Gordon back? Nah, Clint Capella. That's that's an undesirable contract for any team right now. Hey, if you the Clippers, you might have to go grab Clint Capella. But he got to work on his game. Everybody got to work on I mean, their game. He needs- you might have to trade Gallinari to go get Clint Capella. Hmm. I like Gallinari, though. I've always liked Gallinari. I've always thought he was cool, but I have when wears jersey and well yeah i mean he never he never should be the primary scorer on your team you right. know what i mean and that's kind of what he turned into once tobias harris <clears throat> he might have to play some five in houston <laughs> i gotta send you over it bro it's clint capella like yeah come on, man. but i know the rockets will be all over it it's another shooter exactly. Maybe they take it in a heartbeat exactly yeah and have him have him play stretch four Actually, P.J. Tucker can play the five with the way he rebounds. Yeah, I was just playing. Yes, he could play the five. P.J. Tucker would definitely play the five. (laughs) That'd be the small ball lineup for 48 minutes a game. Yes, that'd that'd be wild. That'd be wild. So we're kind of already talking about the Rockets. Let's segue into the Rockets. Uh, Obviously, disappointing, you know, way to end the season. How do you, you know, not advance to the Western Conference Finals when they don't have KD? You know, you lose Game Six on your home floor. A lot of kind of controversy and friction. Uh, appears to be kind of in play between Chris Paul and also James Harden. You have the issue with the Rockets and kind of being able to extend Mike D'Antoni's contract. It sounds like he's just going to play out the final year of his deal and they see what happens from there. What moves do you see the Rockets making or being able to make to get better for next year? You know, when I hear about the names that are being discussed right now for possible trades, people that are on the market or whatever, I think Bradley Bill is somebody they should go try to snatch before OKC really gets their hands on him, even if that means bringing Dwight Howard back. Because that's all he might be a part of a trade because Steven Adams would end up in Washington. Yeah. Even if that means bringing Dwight Howard back and having a very, very limited role or you just not going to play. Mm-hmm. It's either we Carmelo you and we tell you this is what you're going to play for how many minutes we can buy you out or I'm going to just try to get a third team involved and flip you to wherever. Yeah. But I think Bradley Bill is somebody they should definitely try to go get. I mean, it sucks because I feel like there aren't many moves that they can make. So they do have to acquire someone via trade. Don't have many, you know, 
much draft capital as far as draft picks go. You're drafting, you know, in the late first round yeah. for the next several I, I don't years. Care as you about compete. your next four, twenty-five to thirty. Exactly. Can you guarantee? Can you guarantee me that I'm going to get a draft Kyle Kuzma from one of those picks? No. You know, no. I think that the primary change has to come from their style of play. That's literally the only. That's the biggest change that they can make. Even more so than roster moves. Because if I bring in a, a Bradley Beal and I make him a spot-up shooter, what good does that do me? It doesn't do me any good. You're not, I'm not getting the true value that he presents as a player. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with that. That statement was just more from a personnel yeah. standpoint. I do think the biggest issue is their offensive style of play. James Harden is the biggest ball stopper in the NBA. Yeah. And he brings the ball up court so the guy who's supposed to be establishing offense and moving the ball is the same person who's bringing it up court and doing whatever he wants yeah i'm a dribble for nine seconds either i'm gonna step back and shoot it when i could have simply did that Mm -hmm. as soon as i got up here because i really didn't make too much creation i just wanted to explore my options for a moment or i'm gonna drive and then just kick it out when I could have just passed it to you ran around the screen and set up space for somebody else so no he uh, the offense would definitely have to alter uh, he would definitely have to be more engaged in other styles of offense and stop pouting whenever he's not the one bringing up the ball I just think Bill would be would be nice on that team another move that I think they should make and mind you I'm never really a fan of when this happens you know when a player leaves a team, they go somewhere else, you trade mm-hmm. back for them or they come back via free agency. They should bring Trevor Ariza back. I understand oh, definitely. it. I understand it may not be how it was last season, but you got to bring him back. You got to bring him how back. How do you create enough space for him? Cuz I mean he got paid 15 million dollars with the Suns and with the Wizards this year. Do you he think did. he comes back for the mid-level exception? I think he does. I think it depends on how much that mid-level ex- If it's 9 I'll take nine. If it's five, I'm not taking five. Yeah. I mean, and that's what kind of sucks, like I said, with their situation because they're so bound with the contracts that they have right now. Right. Chris Paul, you know, 40 million. Uh, James Harden, high contract. Right. Capel, another 20 million. Uh, you know, um, PJ make about seven and a half. Yeah. Eric Gordon, he and, was in the teens. And they're earning every single one of those dollars, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, both of them are. But outside of that, there's really not much that you can do. You only have room for a mid-level exception and some minimum contracts. So mm-hmm. if you can't get As long value, as I can bring back Gerald Green on a minimum, I'm bringing him back. Yeah, Austin I like Austin Rivers. Yeah, Austin, Austin Rivers played well. Too. He might be looking for that mid-level. So that will definitely have to be a discussion between him and Trevor Ariza. But I do like, I do really, really like Austin Rivers. I thought he was going to be better. I hoped he would be better. But I appreciate Austin Rivers. Yeah, but think about how tenacious defensively they were yeah. last year. People see the offensive numbers and they think, oh, well, they're, they can score with Golden State. But it's not about scoring with Golden State. No one can score with Golden State on every single possession because you don't have the offensive talent that they have. Exactly. But when you have you know, a healthy Chris Paul, tenacious defender, you have Luke Mbamute, Trevor Ariza, and P.J. Tucker all playing hellacious defense and Clint Capella you know, protecting the rim. Mm-hmm. You can get some stops, enough yeah, stops, dangerous. and you have enough offensive firepower with Eric Gordon, CP3, James Harden to be able to do something. Right. So I think that's where they slipped up. They were like, well, no, we got our offense. We're good. 
you're not outscoring Golden State. Not in a seven-game series. No. They got to get better defensively, and they have to change their offensive approach. Imagine, just think about how James Harden was when he was in OKC. He wasn't this type of player. Not he was running all. off of screens. He was, you know, active. He was more so an active distributor as well. So not like a, hey, I'm going to attack, get to the rim, and just kick it out. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm actually setting other people up to score, you know, coming around, picking rolls, and, you know, things like that. All right. He was far more of a all-around hooper. He even played better defense. Like, yeah. I recall. He used to guard I Kobe. Vi- I vividly, re- vividly recall him guarding Kobe. I vividly recall recall him guarding LeBron in the finals yeah but I also remember him being referred to as a bad defender because he purposely stopped applying you know energy on the defensive end and saved it for the offensive end but I always knew it was a choice exactly so I never followed that oh James Harden can't defend no I'm not trying I'm letting you blow by me and I'm reaching around to try to hit the ball from the back and yeah, leak I mean, out. Like, I'm just, I'm not trying on this end. Exactly. We've seen plenty of players become better defenders or, I guess, more willing defenders in the league because in the NBA, you have to defend. There's no way around not defending. And JJ Reddick times, being one, too. A lot of times that happens because those players, they see that their offensive game didn't translate. Mm-hmm. Austin Rivers was more of a scorer in high school and in college. My shot's not falling. I got to do something else to not only stay on the floor, but stay on a team. Very it's true. easier for me to play defense than it is for me to average 25 points. He was on his way to being out the league. He really was. Like, once you not playing for, like, once he got traded to Boston and they cut him, it was over. Your daddy picked you up and you became known as a defender. And you always had a scoring potential. It's just not efficient or consistent on the NBA level. Yeah. So you have your games with the Clippers where people say, oh, we had 25 in the playoffs. He can still score. Right. Yeah, but that's just not how it goes. How many players came into the NBA, whether playing overseas or playing in college, averaged 20 a game? And how many of those are now averaging 20 a game in the league? Not everyone can average 20 points a game no, you know, in the NBA. It's, that's just it's how it goes. Easy. So a lot of people, a lot of people's roles change more once they make it to the league. You come in as a star, only so few people actually remain a star. Yes. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Rocket season is going to be very interesting. Though. I'm going to be watching them closely next year, specifically James Harden, because this is going to be a testament to your leadership. What are you what are you going to do about it? I feel like Chris Paul is going to be a little more vocal as well because he's kind of been chilling so far in Houston. He hasn't really caused much many issues or at least notable issues. But we know in L.A. he was in everyone's face. He was on everybody's head. I think part of that might come out because he's he's sick and tired of losing. And he had two two ample opportunities these past two seasons to get there. And First one, obviously injury, but the second one, that was on them. That had nothing to do with what the Warriors did. That was just what the Rockets didn't do. Yeah. So let's talk Anthony Joshua. If you were watching or if you were alive this weekend, we all heard the knockout heard around the world. Just remember going on Facebook and it's this dude. I don't know his name, but I see all his posts. And he posted on there, Anthony Joshua just got TKO. In all caps. I'm like, bull. So I went. And it's crazy because when I typed in Anthony Joshua, nothing showed up. 
And I'm like, Anthony Joshua TKO. Anthony Joshua fight. Anthony <laughs> Joshua fight. And it's just all these links on, oh, subscribe here and you can watch the fight. Right, can... On the zone and all that. Right. But yeah. I don't see anything. Then I go to Twitter. Anthony Joshua just got knocked out. Anthony Joshua just got dropped for the second time in a round. And I'm seeing the video and I'm like, whoa. Right. I, when I when I Seventh saw because I saw the same thing on Facebook, you know, someone saying that he got TKO'd. I'm like, I'm not thinking he got actually knocked out. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe something happened. He had this bad cut or something like that. And they called the fight. Right. But I immediately went to YouTube. You know, people start posting those videos immediately. I started watching the videos on YouTube and I'm like, wow. It didn't even look like Anthony Joshua was in the ring. That was someone else that substituted for him. They pulled some dude from GB3 that was doing <laughs> bicep curls and pull-ups and said, hey, you want to make some money real quick? And he said, say no more, fam. I'm there. You know, honestly, that was the first thing that I thought because I started going back looking at the fight. And I thought, he underestimated this dude. Oh, yeah. I don't think you train the same for every single person. This isn't who I want to fight. This is who y'all want me to fight. But he is qualified to fight me. So I'm a fighting, but I'm not going to train like he's who I want because he's not my pick. That's mm-hmm. the way I looked at that. And he came out there and he knew dude was good, but he didn't knew dude hit as hard as he did. And he didn't train the way that he should have. And he didn't watch film as much as he should have. And he just got beat. And he got beat bad. Yeah, and this just goes to show you that Anyone can get got, especially in the sport of boxing, more so than oh, any yes. other sport. One you hit. know, we go back, go back in history. Think about all the just major upsets in boxing history. Mm-hmm. You know, two of the most notable ones being, you know, Mike Tyson, Buster, Buster Douglas, Douglas, Muhammad Ali, and Ken Norton. Right. You know, being another one. Yeah. Anyone can get got, and even the greatest can get got. Those are arguably the greatest alone, Tyson and Ali. And Ali, exactly. I know people are saying that, hey, this is good for the sport of boxing. Andy Ruiz is, you know, now a champion, you know, first one of Mexican descent, you know, to to be the heavyweight champion, which is cool, but this isn't good for boxing. I don't think so. I think it's good for Mexico mm-hmm. because Mexicans are a very, very large market uh, when it comes to fans of boxing. Everybody know Mexicans are huge fans of boxing. So for this to be the first, it is amazing for them. But I don't like the fact that Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder now have blemishes on their record that did not come from each other. I think that's the bad part about boxing. We were supposed to see an undefeated Deontay Wilder with no ties or no draws. We were supposed to see an undefeated Anthony Joshua with no losses, no ties, no draws on his record fight. Yeah. And see who's the best of the best. Now we're going to look at it and say, well, neither one of them were in their primes when they fought because neither one of them were undefeated when they fought. And we were just robbed. So I don't like that portion. I don't like that part. Honestly, if they had, if this was their fight, Mm -hmm. and let's say Joshua won, and then his next fight was Ruiz and he lost, I think it would be better for boxing. And we let boxing do this to us just year in, year out. How long were we waiting for a Mayweather and Pacquiao fight before we actually got it? Honestly, I'd say maybe about six years. Yeah, and it was six years too late, mm-hmm. you know, which is just unfortunate. We we deserve to see that fight. 
that fight would have made millions and millions and millions of dollars. It would have made as much money as it did, if not more. And money was cheaper six years earlier because it yeah. wasn't as expensive for stuff. Right, right. Pay-per-view wasn't, you know, $120 at the time. Ridiculous. Yeah. So it would have it would have done the same numbers or at least the same significance in terms of numbers at that time. And on top of that, we would have been more likely, I believe, to get a rematch because yes. both of them would have been closer to their prime or barely on the outskirts of their prime. So the fight that we actually got could have been the first or second rematch by that point. Right. Um, and we were robbed of that. That's why we I can't stand boxing. We should have gotten about three of those. Yeah. We could have at least two. But we could have at gotten least a good two. three of those. Yeah. I, think, I still think Mayweather would have won. I don't like the false narrative of Mayweather running. Pacquiao went on first take not too long ago and said he ran the whole fight. He throw no punches. <laughs> Mayweather threw and landed more punches than Manny Pacquiao in that fight. Yeah, he, he's, not, he's not a power puncher, so he's not going to be throwing, you know, these power hooks yeah, like, and uppercuts. But and all that. you got to do is go look at the stat sheet for the night. I've looked at it. I looked at it the night of the fight. I watched the fight. I was shocked by it. Floyd Mayweather threw more total punches than Manny Pacquiao. Like, how did he run? Okay, Manny Pacquiao had a hurt shoulder, but he was still outthrown. Mm -hmm. Like, Mayweather threw more punches. Yeah. So don't tell me he ran. Right. But but I honestly think, I think Manny Pacquiao would have thrown more punches if his arm wasn't hurt or his shoulder or whatever but i still think mayweather would have won mm-hmm. regardless i just think mayweather was a better boxer he was gonna find a way to win to me the sport of boxing is they're just starting to get a little more shine now you got mm. canelo doing his thing earl spence you have earl spence terrence crawford obviously yes. doing his thing keith thurman is going to be fighting manny right. pacquiao and, and Manny Pacquiao is still there. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao is still there. And then in the heavyweight division, this is the best the heavyweight division, the most notoriety it's gotten in years. At least a decade. The Klitschko brothers were running it for a decade right, right. strong. And you had two people, but now you, you got Andy Ruiz throwing his hat in what many people may have only felt like was a three-headed match. You know, Tyson coming back and having a fight that he had with Wilder. You really just saw Tyson, Wilder, Joshua. Right. You may have known who Ruiz was, but... Now he's like, nah, I got all three of these. Yeah. So y'all got to come through me. These boxing promoters play around so much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're really just losing out on money. They're not doing the fans any favors. It's just nah. what's what's making money at the time. If I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to pay for it. So yeah. just get my money now versus three years from now when these, when these two boxers are more broken down. Like, and let's make the same amount of money for it. I'm saying like, if not more, because you may have honestly lost someone $60 because they're not as interested. But the thing is that just, that takes away from the whole aspect of competition. Mm -hmm. I want to beat the best. How can I be a champion with three belts and I haven't beat another undefeated fighter, you know, who has another belt in the heavyweight division? We have to fight. There's no way around it. And there's too many belts out here. Yeah, there are too many belts. There should just be one belt. One belt per weight class. Yes, exactly. WCB, UCD, UCB, right. VRS. <laughs> like, why did, Why is it so many? It's right. too many. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. You're in a division. 
you work your way up through that division. You have the normal ranking, rankings one through 50. You're on that list or you're not. And then the champ is at the top. I'm Everyone saying. needs to go through the champ if you want the chance at the belt. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But yeah, boxing promoters, they just they just play too much. Uh, Andre Ward even mentioned, uh, this was a few days ago. He said before he retired, he actually had the idea of fighting uh, Anthony Joshua at some point. He was going to fight a tune-up, and then he was going to fight someone else, and then he was going to go to Anthony Joshua. But we didn't get a chance to see that. You know, Damn. how many more matchups are we going to miss out on due to just janky promoters, you know, trying to, you know, align their fighters to not have a blemish on their record? But by not having a blemish on their record, you're blemishing their record. Yeah. So, I mean, at least Canelo... Canelo has a loss on the record, but he lost to Floyd. Right. That's. Right, right. I'll give you that. I'll I'll give you that. But had you been undefeated and you never fought Floyd, you never fought Pacquiao, you never fought anyone else in your division, eh? Are you really undefeated? You know, I guess you're undefeated, right. but you're not undisputed. I'd rather right. be undisputed than undefeated. Yeah. So, especially in the world world of boxing, you know, you you fight you fight with your hands. I want to have the chance to punch someone in the face and tell them. Hey, I knocked you out or I'm better than you. I beat you. Yeah. That's that's what competition's about. So these promoters need to get their lives together, man, and just give the fans what they want. But they know they can just kind of dangle something in front of our heads for a little bit, you know, just to get our attention off everything that they've done over the years and matches we haven't gotten or that we got too late, you know? Anthony Joshua, I don't know what he does from here. I don't I don't see how he's gonna fight, you know, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder now. Maybe maybe if he can get him because he's desperate. I think the next one is going to be Ruiz again. Oh yeah, they already agreed to the man to the rematch. They yeah. use the rematch clause. So that'll be the the next one. Honestly, I I thought Anthony Joshua prior to the Ruiz fight. I thought Anthony Joshua would beat Deontay Wilder mm-hmm. because Deontay Wilder is at times too much of a brawler. He's wild. He to his name. He throws too many haymakers mm-hmm. and he doesn't box enough and from what i've seen from anthony joshua he's a little better of a boxer more methodical right so i honestly had joshua winning when i saw how joshua was affected by ruiz's power that made me think wilder had a better chance than i had originally given him so after i seen wilder and tyson fight i had joshua beating wilder I thought he could possibly lose to Tyson. I thought that would have been a much better match for yeah. Joshua. Now, I think he could lose to both. Oh, no. I think so, too. I mean, he's not that, you know, Fury is a power puncher, but mm-hmm. he's methodical. You know, he's right. Tyson Fury looks like he can't really fight, but he can. He's got hands. He mm-hmm. really does, and he's got pretty quick hands. Anthony Joshua has shown that there's some questions regarding his chin. So one of those hits from Wilder could be good night for him. And that's kind of with everyone. So I won't necessarily say that's only because of Anthony yeah, Joshua's I mean, chin. But strong dude. Yeah, but more so, you know, now than even what I thought, you know, that Friday before the fight, he could be he could be had by Deontay Wilder. But either one of them can now say, I don't need to fight this dude. He's a chump. He got knocked out by Ruiz. I want to <laughs> fight Ruiz. I want to take those belts and right. Everyone now come to me. That'd I don't need funny to start. If Ruiz beat all three of them. <laughs> hey, we I gotta w- call him I, the greatest heavyweight. It, in the exactly. Last 15 I'll, years. I'll have to take back all my comments from this uh, from this episode and be like, be nah, crazy. he's just the goat. Like, 
best Mexican fighter of all time. So last thing we got for y'all, uh, Anthony Davis. So if you haven't seen, now the Pelicans are interested in listening to trade talks for Anthony Davis. Some of the teams that we've been talking about even before they started officially listening to offers, obviously the Lakers being in the mix, the Knicks being in the mix, and the Boston Celtics being in the mix as well. Um, obviously, we know a lot of different teams can make different offers. Uh, there was something that we actually found on social media, um, basically making mock offers for Anthony Davis. So th the Lakers offer, their mock offer, would be the fourth overall pick, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Mo Wagner, and their 2021 first round pick. The Knicks would offer the third overall pick, their second round pick this year, 55 overall, Frank Nittlekina, Kevin Knox, and Mitchell Robinson. The Celtics would offer the 14th and 22nd overall pick in this year's draft, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If you are the Pelicans, which offer are you taking? I have two answers. If I'm the Pelicans and these are the initial offers and I can alter one. You can't alter. If, no, no, tell, all right, just tell me your pick. If yeah. I could alter, I would take the Knicks trade and I would alter Frank for Dennis Smith Jr. And I would accept Dennis Smith Jr., hmm. the third overall pick, the second round pick, which I would honestly try to move to a future first round pick if I could. Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. I think that's the best trade out of all three. But mm. if I'm looking at what is offered, I'm I'm settling, but I'm going for the Celtics because I feel like that's the most talent on the board. I, I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. actually makes that much of a difference with the Knicks offer. Mm. For me personally, I like Dennis Smith Jr. I got to go with the Celtics offer, um, whether you can – modify them or not i'm gonna go with the celtics offer i think they have they have the player even out of these draft picks i think they have the player with the highest ceiling and jason tatum don't get me wrong with that third pick you're talking about rj barrett being mm -hmm. the third overall pick ideally i think jason tatum still has a higher ceiling because at least we've seen him do it in the league for a, a full year i honestly think jalen brown might end up better than Jason Tatum, if he's given the the opportunity to be an offensive option as much as a defensive option, I can see Jalen Brown ended up really being like a probably like a Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. And I, I could see him playing that role and with I Jason like, Tatum. I could see him like oh he like a like a Carmelo. Yeah, maybe not. That's true. Like Carmelo was not a terrible defender with Denver. Him mm -hmm. and Kobe have some series where they would really yeah, go at did. it, and he would he would really go at it with Kobe. Yeah, like like defensively, like you're not just finna make everything. Yeah, I think Jason Tatum, offensively, he's just gonna be far more known for that mm -hmm. versus defense. Yeah. I can see Jalen Brown really fitting in as one of those Clay Thompson twenty to twenty two, Jimmy Butler twenty to twenty two type scores. But mm -hmm. also being known as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Yeah, I could see Jalen Brown being a poor man's Jimmy Butler or a poor man's Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. Pretty great to me. I'll yeah. take that. And if I can get a even, albeit a volume score in a Jason Tatum, I'll take that. I can build my franchise around that. And with the 14th pick, the 22nd pick, 
you can either choose to draft, you know, young guys and build a team that you want to build with that talent Mm -hmm. or flip those picks for quality veterans to add to your squad. So I think that's probably the best package to go with out of these. I think the Lakers probably have the best talent to offer, not necessarily from this pick, but just, you know, including, you know, Lonzo, Kyle Kuzma, you know, whoever you want to include in that mix. So I think that they can probably compile the best offer, the best realistic offer. I mean, they dang near offered their whole team to them already. Right. And honestly, the Pelicans should have taken it. If you're going to give your whole team away, take it. I thought that as well. I thought they should have taken it and they should have flipped Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Now they're yours. Now you have the opportunity to flip them and get more talent, get more draft capital. You know, if you could have kept your number one pick, like you still would have they first round pick so you still would have one for those players yeah plus what you already flipped for those other right two. because M- nba teams they love potential they'll mm-hmm. trade anything for potential yeah. you know so a young 21 22 23 year old with potential to be a star oh yeah i'll take that yeah, exactly if they fizzle out and they end up being nothing okay then cool you really won that trade because you got i know you got some value back for trading a lot you know lonzo ball mm-hmm. and he turns out to just be you know average you know 10 7 and 6 guy you know you probably got a couple first round picks from him or you got a quality veteran player from that trade as well or you can package that together and get someone the caliber of a chris middleton that may help your team right now la had the most talent to offer but it's hard to go against Boston and that top talent, you know, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that they can offer and just draft capital. They've got they've got picks for the next 30 years, you know, right to, right. to offer, you know, because of the way that they fleece Brooklyn, you know, with the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade and stuff. Yeah, that was bad. I forget who the GM was with Brooklyn at the time. You can't never be a GM in the league again. No, I. There's no coming back have a house. I'm not selling you this house. Don't come to Brooklyn. No nah, more. Nah, you got to be homeless for like six months. <laughs> yeah, After that, that trade, you don't deserve. There's a lot that you don't deserve. Does, <laughs> does he get uh, exiled back to New Jersey where like the old arena was? He got he got to live over there. Nah, that's too good. <laughs> you got to go live in like off skirt city in Ohio or something. Like I don't even know like the smallest town yeah i don't know like one of those really small towns but one of the, but it got a lot of letters in it <laughs> okawakanomi ohio i kind of sound like a hawaiian state yeah or hawaiian city but no nah, i don't know just something with some real long <laughs> and weird state like who's ever been to iowa all right so this is gonna wrap up another episode uh make sure to like our facebook page like i told you guys last episode we got a new facebook page check it out there Poll question. Do we want to do the poll question about the trade offers? Which offer would you take? Yes, if you can do three. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have them just type type in their response. Okay. So uh, it's going to be on our Instagram story, Facebook story. Uh, which trade would you take? We'll post them all there. Yeah, just follow us on on Anchor, uh, Instagram at FanCulturePod as well. Uh, we're getting close to 200 total plays over our episode. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all. Uh, we can ask you guys to continue to support us. We definitely appreciate it. We want to give you guys more content, so let us know what you guys want to talk about, what you guys want to see, and uh, we'll do what we can to to get that for y'all. Any last words? That's a wrap. All right, that's a wrap. Till next time. Peace.